hard to believe that Thanksgiving is this week, isn't it? Well, it is for me. I can promise you that. And Thanksgiving is, is one of my favorite um, holidays, and yet it's one of the least promoted. I mean, we skip in all the stores, you skip from Halloween, and just there's not even hardly a mention of Thanksgiving except for there's going to be some good football games on Thanksgiving or something like that. But we skip right to Black Friday that starts on Thanksgiving Thursday. It is, and it may be part of the reason why I do like Thanksgiving so much is, is one, there's always good food, but, and then being around family, and it is one of the most uncommercialized holidays that we that we have to where it stays where it's really about family and food and just relationships as much as anything else but it's this week and in the midst of that my my thoughts just continue to go toward that mindset of thanksgiving Thanksgiving is really important. Um, there are over 200 passages of Scripture throughout the Bible that mention the topic of thanks and thanksgiving. Um, and some of those passages let us know that, and you can follow along on the notes, whether here or online, um, thanksgiving is a choice. It's a choice. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Always be joyful, never stop praying. And then in verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances. So it's, it's not dependent upon what we're going through or whether we feel like it. Thanksgiving is a choice. For this is God's will. If you're wanting to know what God's will is for your life, one of the ways that we do this, you certainly know it, is by being thankful. Abraham Lincoln said, We can complain because rose bushes have thorns or rejoice because thorn bushes have roses. That is really good. Psalm 95.2 says, Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. One of the most, one of the most um, familiar passages, Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. That is not, it doesn't, it, it, and then it goes on to say, For the Lord is good, and his mercies are unfailing. He is so faithful. To us. So it's not a, it's not, Thanksgiving is a choice, not a feeling. Philippians 4 6, one more. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving. So we wrap, we wrap all of our prayers up in Thanksgiving. He goes on to say, and the peace of God that passes understanding will come and guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When we choose to be 
thankful. True thanksgiving is an external expression of internal gratefulness. True thanksgiving is an external expression of internal thankfulness and Gratefulness is a key component to experiencing a fulfilling life. It's really important. Gratefulness is a key component to experiencing a fulfilling life. This week my mind went to another very familiar uh, story that Jesus told um, and I'm going to read it because, again, the, these stats of, of where, we, where we are as believers in the United States of America, I mean, I can't get past it. It, it just hit me in the gut on, on the state of we who call ourselves followers of Christ, how little we are in the Word of God. And so we're going, I'm not going to assume that you've read this story, even though most of you may have already read the story, but there's so many principles that we can, that we can learn and we can, we can get from the story that Jesus told. And I've, um, I'm going to bring, some came to my mind this week that I have never thought of before that have to do with gratefulness. Luke chapter 15, it's a story of what we typically called, called the prodigal son, starting with verse 11. So you can either look in your Bibles or look on the screen and follow along. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. In other words, you're living too long. <laughs> You're, you're going to spend all of my inheritance before you die. Oh. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to Vegas. <laughs> a, a, a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Real quickly before we go to the next verse. Isn't it true that most of the time we do some of the worst things in the distant land whenever we get away from the people who love us the most? Moving on, verse 14. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. That's another thing that just kind of doesn't have anything to do with the message right now, but he's out there feeding the pigs. Why is he waiting on somebody else to give him a pod to eat? Just, it's kind of like America. Well, verse 17, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, 
Even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion, the heart of God, every time. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. The boy is stanky, and he's ragged. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Verse 27, your brother is back, he, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because... Of his safe return, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, not my brother, your son, comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. And his father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had, we had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. God, as we open up your word, I pray in Jesus' name that you would open up our hearts, and that we would hear clearly, and you would change our lives by your word and by your spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. I, wanted, I want us to look at just a few lessons that we might be able to learn from the prodigal son on gratefulness. Number one, recognizing what you have to be grateful for could protect you from making some some of the worst decisions of your life. Recognizing what you have to be grateful for could protect you from making some of the worst decisions in your life. Some of you may know this from personal experience. You're thinking, man, I should have appreciated that old hoopty more. <laughs> it was running and it didn't have... Hoopty is a car, if you didn't know. <laughs> Should have appreciated that old car. It, it ran good. Didn't look that great, but it ran great. And it, and it didn't have payments that came along with it. And then you got that new one and said, hmm, I should have appreciated that old car a little bit more. Some of you are thinking, man, I should have appreciated singleness a little bit more. 
If that's you, keep looking straight ahead. Don't just, don't even look. The, the prodigal didn't recognize how much he had to be grateful for, and his lack of gratitude led him to make one of the worst decisions that he could have ever made by leaving the Father's house. We might, would never say it out loud, but how many times have we thought, just like the prodigal, my way is better. And, we, we, and then we, we, we end up making that decision and, and we got what we thought we really wanted and then realized, what we really, what we already had was really a whole lot better than what we got, what we thought we wanted. I don't know, if you're confused, I am too. I'm sorry about that sentence. I mean, you know, hopefully you know what I was trying to say. Yeah. But I praise God because that's not the end of the story. Because God never wants us to continue to live in the pig pen of even the pig pen of regret. And he's made it to where we don't have to stay there. That leads us to the next lesson. Recognizing what you should have been grateful for can be the catalyst to making some of the best decisions of your life. Isn't that good? There are some times when the pig pen of life is the best place you could be. Because sometimes that's where we realize and we decide that we have to make a change. Some folks learn enough to where they want to change and other folks have to hurt enough to where they have to change. And sometimes that happens in the pig pen. Many times it happens in the pig pen. And the love and grace of the father allowed his son to experience the pig pen because he knew his son would realize that he was not created to live in the pig pen. God did not create any of us, no matter where we are right now. We may be in the middle of a pig pen right now, but that is not where God created us to live. We are sheep, not pigs. Pigs, whenever they get in the pig pen, they just waller around and just love the mud. Sheep, whenever they get in the pig pen, and sometimes they do. Sometimes they fall in the mud. But as soon as they fall in the mud, they start going crazy, shaking all over the place. That's what I'm encouraging us to do for us to realize when, if we're in the pig pen right now, God did not create you to live there. Shake it off and make the best decision that you could ever make and make the turn back home toward the Father's house. Praise God. On a side note, some parents need to learn the lesson of this father. And allow your children to experience the pig pen sometimes. Because some have spent 
so much time protecting their kids from experiencing the pig pen to where they get comfortable there. Sometimes the love and the grace of a father is to create a pig pen because the the pig pen of discipline of a young child could protect them from the pig pen of prison as an older child. Well, The prodigal realized that he wasn't created for the pig pen and he began to think about how much better it was at the father's house, not only for the father's kids, but everybody there. The least of the least at his father's house was much better off than he was in the pig pen. And he began to dream about Blessings at the Father's house. And the pig pen became the catalyst to the best decision that he could ever make. To repent and turn back toward the Father's house. And that leads us to the next lesson from the prodigal. Gratefulness helps us to the, get to the right position to experience God's generosity. These are Michael Dearman sentences. I'm sorry. I even have a hard time getting them out. <laughs> but the truth is still good. Gratefulness helps us, helps get us to the right position to experience God's generosity. He became grateful for what he had experienced at the Father's house. And it caused him to make a turn and start going the direction back to the father's house. And listen to me. Anytime we make that, that change and we go his direct, that direction, it places us in the position to receive the generosity of God. And he never runs out of it. His grace and His mercies are new every morning. And we can't exhaust the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy or the blessings of God for our lives. Praise God for that. All we have to do is be grateful for what we have, what He has blessed us with, all right, moving on. We're going quick, aren't we? That's what you think. <laughs> Gratefulness allows us to enjoy God's generosity towards us and others. Gratefulness allows us to enjoy God's generosity toward us and toward others. This gratefulness had the prodigal make the turn and all of a sudden God, his father was blessing him more than he could even imagine. He was imagining that he would just come back, wouldn't make it back into the father's house, would just be in the servants' quarters or whatever. And the generosity of this father 
that represents our Father is amazing. And he got to enjoy the, the surprise of, man, God has more for me than, than what I even imagined that he could have for me. But it's important to notice the elder son as well. Because the elder brother in the story shows us that internal pig pens many times are as bad or even worse than the external pig pens. He never, he never left from there, but his attitude on the inside was, was lacking gratefulness and creating at the very least a deal where even though all of these blessings God the Father had given to him and they were right there and he was experiencing all of these blessings from being in the Father's house and yet he couldn't enjoy it for him or for his brother or anybody else. Because if you refuse to be grateful, you ain't going to enjoy anything. You're going to try to ruin the party for everybody else. Well, oh well. It's the truth. We need to get rid of the internal pig pens as well as the external. The first step is on the internal. And one of the first steps of that is to choose to be grateful. And that way we can enjoy life. All right. Seth, y'all can come back. The last was a, was a point that, <clears throat> a truth that wasn't necessarily in this story, but I couldn't leave it out <clears throat> because it's true. True gratefulness of God's generosity always leads to expressions of generosity. True gratefulness of God's generosity toward us always leads to expressions of generosity toward God. I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to express my thankfulness with my praise and my worship. So it leads to generosity toward God and becoming a channel of God's generosity toward others. There's a story and we're not going to read it this morning after my speech at the beginning. Here I am going to tell a story without reading the story. Go back and read it. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 7 talks about this lady true story that was ruining her life selling her body <clears throat> Jesus came and changed her life showed true, lo true love toward her instead of just using her in lustful actions. Jesus was invited to this 
elder brother type. And whenever he went in, this guy was religious and thought he was all that. Didn't, didn't really greet Jesus appropriately. And then this lady comes in with the most valuable thing that she had in her possession. An alabaster jar of expensive perfume. May have been perfume that she used to be successful in her previous line of work. Something that had been extremely valuable to her. And yet out of a grateful heart, she pours this, she goes to Jesus' feet unashamedly and bends down and began to wash his feet with her tears and poured, broke the jar of perfume and poured it on Jesus. The lesson that Jesus gave whenever Simon came and, and some of the others that were even close to Jesus came, man, she's wasting this expensive perfume. She could have sold that and made a bigger difference. And Jesus turned to Simon and said, Simon, I came in and you didn't, you didn't even offer water to, for, my, for me to wash my own feet. You didn't greet me with a kiss or anything like the, like the appropriate greeting is for a house guest. And yet this lady comes in and just is expressing such extravagant worship to me. Our actions toward me. Actions of generosity. And Jesus took the opportunity to say, Simon, he went into a little example saying there was one person that that sinned a little and one that sinned a whole lot. Which one do you think is the most grateful? Simon and all his wisdom <laughs> said, well, probably the one that sinned a whole lot. And I know what some of you are thinking. Maybe you ought to send more. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think that's the lesson that Jesus was trying to bring. What he was trying to bring is that we've all sinned a whole lot. We all need extreme grace because whenever we compare ourselves to one another we may look all right we may even look good but whenever we compare ourselves to the holiness and the goodness and the awesomeness of God how can we hold back from being 
overly expressive and the, given generously the worship that he deserves. And whenever that happens, we also want to be generous and let God be generous through us to others. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you've received forgiveness. Freely give forgiveness. Freely you have received mercy. Freely give mercy. Isn't that good? Gratefulness is really important. So God, we come before you right now. And there may be some that are in the pig pen. I pray in Jesus' name right now that they would not see that as a curse right now but they would see it as, as a catalyst toward the best decision that they could ever make and turning back toward you and God as we do I thank you that you run toward us whenever we turn toward you you run toward us in all of your love grace and mercy you are such a generous awesome God so we turn to you we receive from you and we give back generously to you our worship and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.